Welcome to a brand new episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I sit down with Super Bowl hero McCole Hardman as he reveals his thoughts on the following 48 hours after his big touchdown catch and the mindset he had when he rejoined the team during the trade deadline. Also, Chiefs Wire managing editor John Dillon shares his thoughts on the actual game as the Chiefs pulled off the thrilling overtime victory to capture their second consecutive Super Bowl title. But first, we hear from Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes as they address the media a day after winning the Super Bowl. How you write it is will be how you write it, and whether it's a dynasty, we don't we don't determine if it's a dynasty. You guys do. So, um, but I would tell you that it's as fine a group as I've been around, and I've been around. I've been very fortunate to been around some great organizations and good teams, um, and this this group here and organization are tremendous. And if somebody said dynasty and tagged it onto it, I'd, I'd be very proud of that. Andy, uh, first time for the new overtime rules in, in a postseason game. Can you share with us what you would have done if you had won the toss? Yeah, so it, that, that can go either way. Um, so we would have um, kicked the ball off. The officials actually are on top of it right away. They're on it. Uh, there were still a couple seconds on the clock, and the, we have the extra officials on the sideline, and they were asking me what we would do, and I said uh, we would kick off. Major Patrick was on board with it. He he was the one who had to go out and, and do that uh, with the officials. So, um, and then Dave Tobe ma- ma- making sure that he was there. But that we had already gone through all of that. Uh, the advantage of having Mike Frazier is he – um, like I'm sure their guy did, did uh, does all these studies, and uh, we had it all mapped out. We were able to cover it with the, you know, with the with the guys, and so every, everybody knew. Now, when it happened, uh, with that amount of time on the clock, I think we were all like, "Whoa," <laughs> you know. So I, I know I know what McColl said there. Um, we just had this hard-fought fight, and all of a sudden, it's a walk-off. You know, it's that's it's a weird feeling that way. Andy, Andy uh, yes, for the good morning, uh, for the third consecutive Chiefs Super Bowl, you guys overcame a ten-point deficit. Uh, how does that compound and help build the belief? Yeah, Sam, it's that la- like that last climb to the observatory, Sam. Uh, you know, the last hundred yards, man. The guys never, never doubt. They see it. They know what they have to do, and they never doubt themselves. It helps that this guy over here. Uh, is on our team and and he set such a positive attitude for everybody and between Patrick Kelsey uh, Chris Jones uh, I mean I could name a bunch of them they uh, there's never any, <clears throat> there's never any finger pointing there's never any doubt and we went in at halftime down by seven and the guys go we're right there you know uh, and uh, and we just need to take care of business we, we shot ourselves in the foot a little bit in the first half offensively, and but the defense kept us going. That's kind of how the the season was. It was a little bit of a microcosm of the season and how it's how it's gone. But the guys uh, they hung together, and special teams had a couple nice plays, big plays, and, um, and and then the offense got got moving, and the defense kept pounding them. And it worked out okay. All right, we're gonna go three more. We'll start right here. Andy, Jason Leisure with the Chicago Sun-Times. Uh, you, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes, the advantage of having him. How much margin does he give you 
in the sense that you don't need everything to be perfect for you guys to have a chance? Yeah, well, I tell everybody it's all perfect, exactly how we called it. Um, he, 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 makes it uh, he makes it look easy, I, I would tell you that. Um, and this is a, a fluid game with the best athletes in this sport in the world. And you narrowed it down to the top two <clears throat> teams in the, in the world. Um, and he's out there playing like he's playing in the backyard, like it's nothing. And the fourth down play was a naked uh, throw. <clears throat> and he said, um, I want that play. And if it's not there for the throw, I'm running it. And so uh, from a head coaching standpoint, a guy that works with offensive guys, um, all you can ask for. Yeah, Andy, yeah, I'm going to follow up on Blair's question. Um, could you, um, I, I guess, share a little bit of the analysis that led you to the choice of the fact that you were kicked off and... Now that you've seen the overtime play out, the new rules, did that you know, change your thinking at all and, and you know, if it comes up again? No. no. Uh, so there are a couple things in there that we, uh, we do. I, you know, I mentioned Mike Frazier, our analytics um, chief there. He, he does all the work on it. And so, like I said, it can go either way. But the one thing it does, it gives you an opportunity to see what you've got to do. And uh, they came down and scored three points. You know, you've either got to score three or you get, got to get a touchdown. The one thing that people didn't realize is that clock keeps going. So we were down low there, uh, but you were fixing to start a new quarter. So the game wasn't over in a tie. That's, that wasn't happening, not in the playoffs. And, and so we would, we would keep playing. And um, that's a, um, it's a unique rule. It doesn't get used very often, uh, but I think it was great for the National Football League. It was great for the viewers of the National Football League. Uh, I mean, they got an extra quarter of football, and, and people love this thing. It's a, it's a great sport, and people love watching it, so, uh, especially with the competition level so high. Last question right here. Congratulations, Andy. Thank you. You've done something that a number of teams have done before, winning two in a row. The Packers did it early on, the, the Patriots most recently. You're being called a dynasty. What does it mean to you to maybe try to do something no team has ever done and win three in a row? Yeah, that would be, that'd be something. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just asked that to, our, to, to this guy right here, <laughs> Ted. Um, I said, has anybody won it three times? And... Uh, he goes, no. I said, all right. I mean, yeah. um, you know, we'll see. I mean, we've got we've got great competition in our in the AFC West. Um, we just had some hirings, coaching hirings, and these guys are good football coaches with good quarterbacks, good teams, and so it's not going to just be easy. That's not how this thing rolls. Uh, we'll have changeover on our team, which every team has, so you don't know. What's there? There's a there's a whole lot of unexpected, and you know we'll just you, you got to keep battling through it, and have a good off season, and then uh, you know good training camp, and and then that ball is shaped kind of funny, so it's got to bounce for you in the right direction. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
I don't think a lot about that, but that would, uh, I think that would be pretty neat, you know, neat thing to do. But you don't really go there when you're in this thing. You, you go uh, back to your dark room and the film and uh, the draft coming up and the combine, all those things. That's kind of where you go. Um, and you're not talking three-peat. You're, um, well, I mean, some guys do, but, you know, it'd be great. All right. Hey, Patrick, uh, congratulations on last night. Um, what, you talked a little bit about after the game about um, getting ready for next year and trying to do it again. What, what would three straight mean to you? And I'll, I'll have another question, Ted. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's legendary. I mean, just um, to be able to – no one's ever done it. And uh, we knew it's legendary to win back-to-back. I think eight other teams have done it. Um, we had heard it all week. We had talked to the guys about it, and we felt like we had the, the best opportunity that we had ever had to, to go out there and do that, and I fell short the year before. And so, I mean, all you could do is come back next year with a fresh mindset, knowing it's going to be even harder. Um, and uh, we got to continue to play our best football. Uh, we'll celebrate these next few weeks, and then we'll get right back at it. What does your team's place in history mean to you? Yeah, it means a ton. Um, not only for me, but I think just I know how hard these guys work. I know how hard these guys get after it. Um, I know how hard the coaches work. I believe we're the hardest working team in the NFL. Um, and for us, so that, all that hard work to pay off, that's something that we always preach is we believe we work for those moments, for those end-of-game moments, and, and we prepare ourselves for those. And um, to be able to, um, to have our stamp on this great NFL history um, is something that I'll never take uh, for granted, and hopefully we can continue to, to let that thing go. Morning, Patrick. Congratulations. Thank you. On a big win. So your playing style is often described as innovative and unpredictable. So if you had to compare it to an approach, a non-football activity, what would that be and why? Um, man, that's a great question. Um, I, I would say something like a like a top-tier lawyer. I think that would be, that'd be the third first thing that comes to my head. Someone that has to think on his feet, um, execute at the right time. Um, and deal with high-pressure situations. Good morning. Congratulations to you on another amazing performance during the Super Bowl. My question for you is take us to that halftime. You guys walk into the locker room. You're down 10-3. What's the overall message that you had to the team as, as well as Coach Reed uh, during, that, during that moment? Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was really cool. I mean, honestly, it would just be us. Um, nothing more, nothing less. Um, offensively, we knew we weren't playing our best football, but we felt like we weren't executing at a high level. Obviously, the 49ers have a great defense, and you don't execute, they're going to make stops. And um, We felt like everybody was playing hard. We just got to pick up our execu- execution and continue to get better. And um, defense had kept us in the game. And so for us, we just said, be us. Let's be us out there. If we're going to go down, let's have fun. Let's enjoy it um, and give everything we have, and we'll, we'll live with the results after. Patrick Center Isle. How have you embraced the second phase of your career where you're off the rookie contract and it's going to be harder to get the pieces in place around you and you're not the upstart anymore? Now everybody's coming, been coming for you. Um, I, honestly, I think it, it's a, a tribute to the, the Coach Reed and Brett Beach and, and continue to bring great players in. I mean, if you look at our defense and how young they are, they, they, they're drafting great. They're finding these guys that they can bring in to play and, and develop, and our coaching staff is developing players. I mean, I always think to our DBs, I mean, we got like five or six guys that are in year one, year two, and then you have Snead. I mean, guys that continue to get better and better. Um, and all you can do is just go to work every single day and, and try to bring guys along. I thought Rasheed Rice did a great job this year, just continue to get better and better. And that's what great football teams need is 
um, guys that just keep, keep coming into the culture that we have built here and, and, and continue to get better every single week. And um, I'll try to keep as much flexibility as I possibly can as far as the cap and stuff like that. But uh, uh, it's a credit to all the people I have around me. Hey, Patrick, congratulations. What uh, tangible lessons do you think you might have learned from this season, what was a, a challenging season, a challenging postseason, as you go into next year and try to do something that, that nobody's ever done and win that third in a row? Um, I mean, I think always a challenge whenever you win. Um, and what I've learned is how can you get better? How can you continue to get better? Because that's what it takes. In this league, everybody gets better every single year. Um, and so whenever you win a championship, you, you celebrate, and you're like, let's just go do it again. And I think that was something that I learned from the, the first one that we lost when we tried to get the back-to-back is – um, everybody was like, we're just going to run it back and do it again. This is what we're going to do. And uh, I feel like we fell short that way. And so now it's let's get better. Let's, let's find a way, whatever that small thing is, to get better at uh, every single person individually um, and then as a team. Um, and let's just come, come with our best football and our best effort. And um, hopefully that, that's coming back and we're able to be, I think it's in New Orleans and, and on this podium again. Patrick, congratulations. Two quick questions. We saw you hit the ground last night after the game, after that touchdown happened. You just – were on the ground with your, head, with your hands on your head. What were the emotions you were feeling in that moment? Was it just relief? What were you feeling? And last night on the podium, you said Kansas City should never be an underdog. Chiefs should never be an underdog. Right now, already, day after the Super Bowl, they are not the favorites for next year. What are you telling people to bet on for the Chiefs for next year? Um, well, uh, that first part, I think it was just all the emotions. I mean, um, to win a football game like that and obviously to win the Super Bowl like that is something you dream of as a little kid. Um, and so I, celebrate, I was celebrating with my team. I started running. I didn't know where I was going. Uh, and finally just fell down. Uh, hopefully someone found my helmet. Um, but it, it, was, uh, it was a lot of emotions and just um, gratitude, man. So thankful just to be able to be in that moment and enjoy that with my teammates. And then as far as the underdog thing, man, I mean, it just gives you a little added motivation going into the offseason. So, uh, um, like I said, I never, I never feel like we're underdogs. I believe we can win any game that we play in. Um, but we have to continue to prove that every single year. Patrick, Dave Stevens with the Disability Channel. Uh, most valuable bungler and um, MVP in one year. It's got to be great. But uh, you guys had some burps during the season, and I'm wondering if that's when you really had to become a leader in this team and what you did during those ups and downs to bring this team back together to have the success last night. Yeah, I, I want to take the credit, but honestly, it was it was everybody. Um, it was I was I knew it was going to turn around by the way the guys worked. I mean, whenever stuff got tough especially in that, like, receiving room and, and offensive line or, or, or with me. Everybody came to work that next day, and we're, let's get that extra work in. Let's do those extra things. Um, and, and when you see that, you know it's going to turn around, and our defense kept us in it all year long, and I knew our offense was going to turn because of how hard guys were working every single day. And um, when, you, when you work that hard, usually good things happen, and so it just happened to happen right at the perfect time, and we got that momentum going into the playoffs and obviously got to win the Super Bowl. Last question. Mike Brodsky, Florida National News. Patrick, uh, there, were, there were a lot of uh, Hall of Famers, MVPs, football royalty coming through Vegas this past week. Were there any words of wisdom that any of them shared that stand out in your mind as being most memorable or helpful? Yeah, I think um, I always take so much from when Mike Vick talks to us. When, I mean, he, I, I, I built a great relationship with, with him whenever he came in. It was a, kind of that assistant spot in training camp and in the QB room every single day. And I remember the first thing he told me was, like, hey, you're going to be special. But look at that big man right there. He, he's going to take you to another level. And I remember coming from him as someone that I had watched my entire life. I was like, man, I mean, he's saying it. I know, I know he's saying the right things. And so I took that and ran with it. And um, going into this week, I think 
He said, be champions, man. He said, go out there, show everybody who you, who y'all are. Um, and, um, I always take so much from what he says, man. And he's like the coolest dude in the world, man. So it's always great when he's able to talk to the team. So, against all odds, the Chiefs are defending Super Bowl champions yet again. Was a crazy season to say the least. You know, and I think I think Kansas City's in a good in a good position, uh, obviously heading into next year. You know, some big decisions need to be need to be made about Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed, but outside of that, I mean I think as a Chiefs fan you've You've got to be confident about the trajectory of this this team. You know, there aren't really a ton of holes. I mean, there are guys who are leaving, so Willie Gay gave a pretty good indication that he didn't think the Chiefs were going to try to re-sign him on Twitter, what it would have been probably two months ago, or maybe it was right before the playoffs. Either way, you know, I mean, he's he's probably headed for a for a pretty decent payday. You know, I I think it'll probably come down to an either or situation with Sneed and Jones. I mean, I just don't I don't know if they can figure out how to keep both. You know, that'll be that'll be tough. And certainly, you know, now that they're kind of in that dynasty status, you know, it's about maintaining it. You know, and kind of keeping keeping options open for the future. You know, I think I think receiver has to be has to be the top priority. Whether they end up, you know, trying to sign a free agent, the free agent market isn't totally set yet. But you know, should a guy like Mike Evans or you know the kind of dark horse that I've been thinking about is Tyler Lockett. You know, former K State guy could be a really kind of dynamic, you know, burner type receiver to pair with Mahomes. You know, I don't I don't know about the the futures of the receivers currently on the roster. I think it makes a lot of sense to market Marquez Valdez Scantling. You know, they would save roughly ten million, I think, or maybe it's a little bit more. Maybe maybe it's like eleven or twelve. But um, either way, and then you know their their decision to sit Kadarius Tony for the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, granted he was coming off injury or not coming off injury, depending on if you think that you know, Instagram real deal that he did during the playoff run was was a real thing. But either way I don't I don't know that any situation relative to Kadarius Tony tells me that he'll be on the team next year or, you know, seeing a, a significant amount of action. You know, you you love what you saw from Rasheed Rice last year. I think Just, Justin Watson will likely return and, you know, kind of play the same the same role that he's played the last couple of years, which, you know, I mean, I, I, I think has been valuable. I don't know about Sky Moore. You know, you would think that he would be on the team, but whether he's, you know, in a in a featured role, who knows? Who knows at this point? And, and uh, you know, I think, I think that they'll have options there. Other than that, though, I mean, I, I don't really know where the holes will be. You know, if, certainly if they let Sneed walk, you would think that they would – you know, maybe maybe look to add a to add a corner, but they're they're so deep there between Joshua Williams, you know, uh, J- Jalen Watson, you know, and then obviously Mc, McDuffie. 
I don't know if they have to add anyone, you know, as a priority, but either way, uh, yeah, I mean, what what a season. I certainly didn't see them doing this. You know, shout out to uh, Big Red, Taylor and the gang or whatever Drew, Drew Tw- Tranquil tweeted. You know, they exceeded all expectations. So I think, uh, you know, I think that expectations will remain sky high. Obviously, they're going for a three-peat. Has that ever been done? I, I, I don't know. That seems like something I should know, but, you know, the sky's the, the limit right now. You know, I think if if they can just maintain the level of success they've found, then, you know, I mean, we are truly about to buckle in for a potentially, you know, Michael Jordan-esque little decade here with Pat. So a lot to look forward to. Go Chiefs, as always. And yeah, thanks for having me on. The Chiefs are Super Bowl champions, and yes, there is plenty of reason to be excited for a potential three-peat, but with all things, there is a uh, a bit of worry and a bit of concern heading into this offseason. There is a big glow of the championship victory. However, there is still a lot of question marks regarding what players are coming back, what price range you can get a guy like Chris Jones to come back, especially after last season's. Uh, holdout, you still don't really know what you're going to get from Chris Jones in, in terms of how much he's willing to stay. Yes, in the parade, he was open about he's not leaving, but he's not going to leave if he gets the right price. I mean, that's just the finances of the situation. That's the business of football. You look at that situation and you say, you know what? I think they have to make a play for different types of players in case they won't have these certain players available. I mean, I look at the Chiefs and I say, okay, you know what? Chris Jones is worth all the money in the world. How do we make it work? And if we can't make it work, what's the backup plan? They cannot start the year in another situation where they don't know what they're doing with Chris Jones. I think he should be the priority. He should be the number one, the number one signing. Now, with that being said... There is a lot of concern because Legereus Need is also a free agent. And Legereus Need, as everyone knows, was the top cornerback on the team. He was also a snub for the Pro Bowl and an All-Pro team. He proved it throughout the year, especially during the playoffs, how valuable he is. So you see Legereus Need's situation, and you kind of wonder, will the Chris Jones negotiations affect him? I think they have to prioritize both players and you hold yourself open to the potential of not having enough firepower on offense. I mean, we always look at the wide receiver room and Marquez Valdez-Scatling was a huge reason for why they are back-to-back champions, as you saw in the postseason. Now, the regular season production numbers were low. Do you make a move from him? Do you say we need to get another wide receiver, another top-tier guy? Uh, Rasheed Rice is going to be in his second year. He had an amazing rookie season. You know, Travis Kelsey is another year older. Do you bring in another tight end, or do you try to stay with Noah Gray and and try to mismatch different players? There's a lot of questions for Brett Veach and company during this offseason. You look at the draft. You look at the different options there. I think... 
all the decisions they have to make have to align with what this team's identity is. I think they are a defensive team now. On offense, they can still put up the points. You still got Patrick Mahomes. You're always going to have a chance. You're going to be interested to see because I, I can't see them bringing back Jerick McKinnon after an injury plague season. He's up there in age. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know, he filled in great. He filled, he was a great fill-in for different times of the season as the lead running back when Pacheco was hurt for a couple of games and as the third down back with McKinnon out. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire, do you bring him back on a, on a decent deal? There are so many different decisions that have to be made and Brett Veach and company, you know, they, they're going to be up all night. They, they're going to enjoy being Super Bowl champs, enjoy the glow of it for a while. But you have to make these adjustments and there's so many, somebody's going to get left out of this. I don't know who, but someone's going to be left out and they're going to have to make some sacrifices to move forward. So, you know, big win, obviously amazing time. Um, I do want to, however, acknowledge and um, show my uh, respects for all the people that were hurt, affected by the just a terrible, tragic situation at the parade. You know, we can talk about gun laws and everyone has their stance on them. What I do want to just acknowledge is that there were people that were hurt, plenty of children that were hurt. A woman lost her life. You know, we just got to be better for each other, no matter where you are in the world. If you're in Kansas City, if you're wherever, we have to be better about each other. And I also want to send my condolences to the family of of Mark Lane, a fellow member of our USA Today Sports Media Group family. He uh, lost his life uh, recently, and he was a very special person to not only this organization, but just the this business that we're in in terms of sports and especially covering football in the NFL. So I just wanted to send my thoughts and prayers to his family. It's going to be an interesting offseason for the Chiefs. I want to thank everybody for continuing to listen to the Chiefs Wire podcast, as well as all the work we do here on Chiefs Wire. And with that being said, I want to transition to my interview with McCole Hardman, courtesy of Raising Canes. Hey, McCole, how's it going? Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, first of all, congratulations. Um, amazing game. Uh, I just got to get an idea. W- what has your last 48 hours felt like? Uh, no sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been wild. Uh, just doing like all the media, um, where there's, you know, at 3.30 LA, uh, in Las Vegas, and then going from there to pack, pack your hotel room up, then flying to LA to do Jimmy Kimmel, and, you know what I'm saying, coming back here and landing, you know, late last night, and, you know, here at Canes this morning at 10 a.m., so it's, it's been a little hectic. I definitely understand. And uh, obviously you're at, uh, you're at Raising Canes today. Uh, can you talk a, a, little bit, a little bit about what you're doing down there? It sounds like you're working. Yeah, I think I'm working the drive-thru, I believe. But um, So trying to see how it goes. I, I haven't got the full detail of what I'm going to do, but <laughs> hopefully I, you know, I'm kind of good at it. So. Oh, I definitely believe you will be good at it. I mean, I, I do I do want to go back and uh, just talk about the Super Bowl and not just the, the big play, the, the obviously the walk-off with you winning it. I just want to get an understanding of your, your mindset. Uh, you guys coming back and going into an overtime game, which is extremely rare, 
in the postseason. What was your mindset uh, during that whole time period? Um, just win the game, you know. As offense, we knew what we needed to to win the game, and that was the score. So that's that's what was the mindset had focus to um, after they kicked the field goal. But we, we was locked in, man. Laser focus and just trying to, you know, complete the assignment at hand. I definitely hear that. And um, your story is just amazing because you've overcome so much uh, with the injuries from last season and then obviously this season dealing with some injuries. What did it mean for you just to be put in that, that situation where you're the guy making the game-winning catch and uh, getting your third Super Bowl in, within five years, which is amazing? What, what was just that whole feeling like? Man, it's amazing. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys play this league and don't ever get a chance to go to the Super Bowl. No, not for long, let alone win it three times. So you just got to be grateful for every time you get a chance to play in the Super Bowl and, and take advantage of the opportunity. So I'm grateful to build this organization for them to you know give me three rings. So it's been amazing. Definitely. And I know you're busy. So um, before you go, I just want to just get, a, get an idea of when you first came back to the Chiefs, uh, obviously through the trade, did you feel like, you know, you just could just jump right back in? Did it just feel like family immediately when you came back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got welcome with open arms. Uh, came back to a system that I was very familiar with, you know, that I knew the plays already. So it was what took me long to, you know, get plugged back in the system. Um, I didn't come with no expectations of, you know, trying to be the guy or whatever. Just wanted, you know, to play a role and, and, and help when I could. Definitely understand that. And um, once again, man, thank you for your time. Three-time Super Bowl champion, man. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Thank you. I want to take the time to thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode. Please follow us on X at The Chiefs Wire for your latest updates on news and everything going on with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Until next time.